Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call a Save Point, but not for me, where we love talking about You're on about fire, Noct. Yep. <laughs> I'm your host, Declan Furbancourt. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Tully Hodgkinson. Today we're going to be talking about the divisive Final Fantasy XV. Indeed we are. First up, I would just like to get your background on the Final Fantasy series as a whole. <clears throat> so, my experience with Final Fantasy is pretty limited. When I was a kid, I my uncle had a, a, an SNES, and he had Final Fantasy 2 and 3, the American versions, which are 4 and 6 in America, respe- or in, the, in Japan, respectively. <clears throat> And I never beat any of them. I would always play like the first two hours and then I would get bored because my brain is all over the place. Uh, And I didn't really return to the series until Final Fantasy VII. Uh, And I played Final Fantasy VII and VII Remake like at the same time. And then I played X after I beat VII. And then I now for the show have played... 15. So my experience is relatively uh, limited and very sporadic. So from a basic outline from the games you played until this one, how would you say it stacks up? Um, I don't know. I... I mean, it's hard to beat 7, right? Because 7 is, like, regarded to be one of the greatest of all time. Um, mm-hmm. But I I would kind of have to put it in, like, the lower tiers. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy this game very much, at least as far as, like, story goes. But before we get into that, I kind of want to know what, what your background is with the series and where you think 15 stacks against what you've played. Okay. So, um... Speaking in the Japanese line of progression, sp- specifically, that means I played 1, 4, 6, um, 7, 8, 10, 13, 13, 2, uh, 14, and 15, and 7 Remake. So I've got a very broad range of Final Fantasy titles under my belt. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I really liked 13 and not many people like that one. Um, and you know, honestly, uh, I I was going to say the same, like it was in the lower tiers until I actually buckled down and you told me to finish the game because I couldn't not beat two out of the four. I'd be going 50% and incomplete games on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I texted so, you, I remember. So you pretty I was much like, told me this. Yeah, I was like, I let you get away with Skyrim. I'm not letting you get away with this one. <laughs> yeah, and it's my own game. Mm-hmm. But I think that was very beneficial because I actually think that this is a pretty good game. Although I think it would have done better as like a standalone title versus a Final Fantasy mainstay. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of have the same sentiment. For me, it kind of reminds me of... Uh, the, the sequel trilogy to Star Wars. Like, they're good action movies, but they're not great Star Wars movies. This is a good mm-hmm. open-world RPG video game. It's not necessarily a great Final Fantasy game, I would say. At least from my limited experience. Yeah. From the games that I've played. So, um, coming off of that, 
I know um, we're going to talk more heavily on the story later in the uh, show, but for now, why don't we talk about gameplay? Perfect. So what are your thoughts on the basic uh, the basics of combat and gameplay? I I actually had a surprising amount of fun with the gameplay, despite how uh, kind of simplistic it can be. Uh, I really like mm. the aspect of just, like, your attack button is just, like, holding a button, and it does all the attacks for you. I think in a weird way, it kind of retains that, like aspect of older Final Fantasy games where it was all turn-based combat and all of the things were done for you while this isn't obviously it's like a uh, like an action RPG so you're like it's not turn-based anymore you're doing everything in real time I think the fact that attack is designated to one button and the fact that you have the option to enable like a quote wait mode which freezes time and gives you the option to like scan your enemy and figure out their weaknesses i think all of those aspects like stack up relatively well to kind of retain that final fantasy combat feel while still being a real-time action uh combat system which is uh pretty that's a pretty high praise for someone who says it's in the lower tiers well i mean like in in regards to story but again we'll get into that later but i I have a lot of issues with the the story yeah um i'd have to say i thought the gameplay was pretty fun at first but then um it got really dry after a while you're only doing the same stuff and uh that's really weird of me to say as like an avid turn-based fan you know i'm just doing the same stuff over and over but um like the combat got like crazy dry for me i also never used wait mode ever <laughs> i didn't either i just i, I just like that i had the option to <laughs> yeah um another issue i have with uh, combat is your range of weapons you hardly ever get anything new mm-hmm. um i remember i got like a ton of great swords for like gladio and um noctis but like I found one extra um, set of daggers for Ignis, but I never really like found an extra gun lying around, you know? I and uh, the shops hardly ever refresh. I don't really know that, from at least in my experience, I don't think I ever came across any loot like from completing a quest or like right. just dynamically in the world. It all came from like shops. Which is fine, but mm-hmm. as far as far as like shops never regenerating their uh, their item lists, I don't know that I ever actually ran into that problem. I had a pretty easy time finding new weapons and gear. I don't think it was a a shop refresh system. I think it's based on where the shop is, like in, yeah, like in regards to where you are in the story. Exactly right. Like the shop in War or Hammerhead is gonna have like shit level one gear because it's the first area you go to in the game but by the time you're at like the end and you're ready to go into the boss fight the shop that's there is like that's where all the best gear is right so Mm -hmm. i think that that is more like the aspect of where like gear hunting comes from is just buying it which is a little disappointing sure but i mean i thought it worked just fine 
I'm just saying from like a every other Final Fantasy standpoint, like even in one, every new city you would go to, they'd have a new shop with different weapons. Mm-hmm. And always be like ready to get the new weapons, new damage, new animation, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seemed quite lacking in this one, but um, it's not really like a huge deal. It's you know still just like same old combat things. So it didn't really change much. Mm-hmm. So I, how do you feel about like the side quest stuff and like some of the, the like supplemental parts of the game, like um. Like the the fishing mini games or like the photography stuff that Prompto does or like like I said side quest stuff like did you enjoy all that stuff? Um yes and no I hated fishing I did it one time and fed that fit that cat <laughs> in Golden Key. Yep. Um. The photo the photography stuff I just had Prompto taking pictures whenever he wanted to. Um. And I mean, never did much else side quest wise. I mean, well, I mean, mini games, but side quests. I started pretty strong, and uh, tr- being diligent and trying to uh, getting all of them out, get them all out of the way. Sorry, and uh, then just like every other game, side quest burnout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started ignoring anyone and everyone with problems. <laughs> And uh, running straight to the finish line. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it was fine. Some of the people uh, were pretty pretty nice to talk to, but only like main characters almost. Mm-hmm. I also kind of run into the problem of side quest burnout. Like, I started really strong in the beginning of the game, much like you, and just like did every side quest. The part that I ran into issues with is that if you did a side quest for someone that, like, it wasn't just, like, a one-and-done type deal. Like, every person that has a side quest in this game will have a hundred side quests for you. Like, they... Right. Like, there's never any sense of completion as far as, like, unless you really dive in and do every single side quest they give you, there is no sense of accomplishment and completion as far as, like, okay, I did this side quest, it's gone from the map, that marker doesn't show up anymore, because that person has, like, a bazillion side quests for you to do. That aspect, I thought, was kind of annoying, but some of the side quests they have, I actually kind of found quite a bit of enjoyment from. Uh, I like doing the the side quest in the game. I managed to get to a point in the latter half of the game where I was like too under leveled for the final boss. So I used uh, the mechanic the game gives you in the like the last few hours of the game where you can call Umbra, uh, the dog that kind of shows up periodically throughout the game to travel back in time. Uh, so you can kind of go through and quote clean up any side quests you had left. Uh, and I just, like, cranked through a bunch of them then, and it kind of rejuvenated uh, my love for doing the side quests in this game. Um, yeah, I, I had an issue with uh, Dino specifically because he just keeps cranking, like, can you get this gem for me 8 million times? It's the mm-hmm. same thing. That's what a lot of the side quests are, is just, like, one person will keep giving you the same kind of remedial task over and over again, which is a little annoying. Did you get the uh, product placement side quest? Uh, oh, yeah, the cup noodles. Yeah, the cup noodle one. Yeah. 
I was think about that. I was I thought it was kind of funny. I was surprised that there were like product placements in this game. That's usually not something you see a ton of. Right, that and Coleman. (laughs) Yeah, uh, my (laughs) girlfriend kept like pointing it out. She's like, "Man, Coleman really got their fucking money worth, huh?" And I was like, "I guess so." Yeah, on every single um, like camp chair and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So here's a question. Um, this isn't like crazy on the story spectrum. I just want, wanted to know, uh, what your thoughts on, or thoughts were on, um, every single Final Fantasy VII reference in the game. Cause I, a lot. there were like a surprising amount. I, I thought it was kind of fun for a little bit, but after a while it started to get kind of stale. It feels like the... Like it, it feels like an old guy trying. They're like to they like, like Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, like trying to play the hits, but nobody wants to listen to the hits anymore because they don't perform them mm-hmm. very well. Uh, which is weird because I actually enjoy Final Fantasy Seven remake a lot, um, but like the amount of like references to it and like people being named characters from Final Fantasy Seven or like. Uh, like one of the monsters you encounter is like the Midgar Zola from like the very early hours of uh, 7 mm. it's like especially coming off from 10 which I also enjoyed a lot it would have been nice to see references from that game in 15 but it seemed mm. like all they wanted to do was acknowledge 7 almost as if like nobody else is interested in any other game which I think to some degree right. is probably true to like anybody who maybe just played seven and never played any other ones or like the fact that seven is regarded the best is somewhat undisputable but at the same time it's like there are other games in the franchise that they could be making references to and they only want to just kind of play the one note of seven which i thought was a little disappointing yeah like when you're getting on the train and um aranea high wind is like i'm gonna go talk to my boys pigs and wedge like yeah. really? Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the like name, those are actual characters. Even in the name Arnea Highwind, <laughs> right? Like the Highwind is right. a ship in Seven, or like the mechanic character happens to be a guy named Sid, right? Like all yeah. like really obvious like character names that are linked to Seven that were were fun at first, but after a while, it was like, okay, now I I, I get it. Yeah, like calm down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So then, what did you think about, like, your main uh, mode of transportation, the driving? I actually liked that aspect a lot. I thought, like, especially in the opening hours of the game, it it does just kind of feel like a road trip with the boys, where you're just kind of hanging out and doing your own shit. And I think the side quests, despite them being just, like, boring, like samey tasks for a lot of the time is also kind of reflective of that like until you hit like the big destinations on your road trip like a lot of the stops are just going to be like little things and stuff like that so i think the them leaning into the aspect of it just being a road trip for like your friends to just kind of go and dick around and like chat and stuff i thought i actually like that stuff Mm -hmm. a lot well, I'm glad to hear that because I also feel that way. I like how uh, um, 
Ignis is the main driver, but like you can drive if you really want, but it's like heavy quotations on driving because it doesn't let you do anything. Yeah, it's really like accelerate. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I like the aspect of like the road trip, especially in the opening scene when you're uh, pushing the car Mm -hmm. and they're they're playing Stand By Me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is a little out of the. Yeah, that's what um, that's what Bria was saying too. Like, the the song choice in the end credits was really weird. Because it was that song too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, the the core of the game is fun, but it's just like, it's not a like you said, it's not a great Final Fantasy game, and it it could have been better. You know, Square Enix did did a new IP. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is going to sound so I apologize, but I this is going to sound like a weird analogy, but work with me here. Final okay. Fantasy 15 to the Final Fantasy 7 remake is what Pokemon X and Y is to Sun and Moon. Now, this is going to make sense in a second, but work with me here. If you think about Pokemon X and Y in like the visual art style sense, if you remember the the combat, because these were the first games to do like real quote three D combat, uh, like the 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 art style is very like rudimentary. Like the environment around your Pokemon when you're doing battles is like kind of a one note. Like it's either a forest or a beach or wherever, right? Mm-hmm. Pokemon Sun and Moon improves on that i would argue quite drastically i think in the same sense that the art styles improved from pokemon x and y to sun and moon is the same like could this analogy could be used for 15 and the 7 remake like the gameplay in this game is i believe aside from maybe the like mmorpg ones like the first time Final Fantasy has dipped into the forte of like real-time action combat I think 15 is the X and Y of this idea like it's good but it could Mm -hmm. be better and I think the 7 remake is what the improvements to the like sun and moon part of this analogy is so I think like I don't like Sun and Moon, like, at all. Well, you don't have to like Sun and Moon, but, you like, <laughs> them being, like, they, arguably, they improved pretty I, I, greatly I on, like, the, the stylistic choices in the combat and it being, like, the environments are more fleshed out in the background, whereas in X and Y, it was just, like, your Pokemon sits in a circle of grass or sand and then there's, like, a generic background, right? So, mm-hmm. in the same way, it's, like, 15 is the start of where like the action combat system in future Final Fantasy games started and it's it's good and it has like good qualities about it but I think 7 remake is like the sun and moon in the sense that the first one may have done it well but this is where it is done better right does that make mm. sense I, I I guess I you know they're trying something out that's a little different um i'd even argue that they tried dipping their toes in with 13's battle system but it's it still has more um rpg mechanics in that one than anything else um Mm -hmm. but yeah i can i can see where that analogy uh can be taken 
Um, next up, I'd like to talk about um, the actual gang itself, if uh, that's all right. Yeah. Okay, so what did you think about each character? Um, who was who was your favorite in the group? Who did you like really like, and like who was your least favorite? Mm-hmm. What was wrong with them, in your opinion? I was actually quite surprised that by the end of the game I still liked your main crew so you have Mm -hmm. obviously Noctis your main character who is like the prince of the kingdom and then his three royal guard Ignis, Prompto, and Gladius which to I mean just to start those names are fucking anime as shit right like no real human is gonna be named these fucking names I just thought that was funny because they're so like ridiculous but uh I was actually yeah. really supply, uh, surprised that I liked these characters all the way through the game. Um, I, If I had to pick a favorite, probably probably Ignis. I kind of like that he was like the cool, level-headed, uh, like nerdy, I guess, kind of guy. I thought he was fun. I don't know that mm-hmm. I really had a, a least favorite, though. I actually like, I like them all quite a bit. Yeah, I have the same kind of answer, except I like Prompto a lot. <laughs> Prompto is fun. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, that that's kind of what I was hoping you'd say, because I was going to I was gonna lead that into, I think that they did a very good job on the main characters, mm-hmm. and uh, how none of them are necessarily bad, and uh, they all have, like, a great synergy together, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, throughout their journey, like, they all have, like, very human reactions to the things happening around them. And you feel like you are, like, truly watching them, like, grow and evolve as people as the game goes on. And, like, uh, I, well, I mean, if, if I had to say, like, an actual least favorite, I'd probably like um, Gladiolus a little less. Mm-hmm. Um just because he was like crazy harsh but i know that that was um kind of needed for noctis to grow as a prince slash king in the later game yeah i agree i think gladio's ability to kind of be the one who pushes noct to like be the king that he is meant to be and like stick up for his people and like complete his mission like as you're playing is knocked like at first you kind of feel like oh gladio's just being a dick he can go fuck himself but by the time like by the time you get to a point in the game where like it all kind of comes to a head and all of that like anger and frustration among your group is released you realize like gladio is not only trying to push you as the main character but also himself because he's tasked with protecting you and so he is he's not only pushing you to be the like a better person but he's also pushing himself to like make sure that he can defend you for when you need it right right um i think that um like throughout the story um gladio has been like he started like nice you know and kind of just um teaching everyone he seemed kind of like a big 
father figure to like Noctis and Prompto and maybe even a little bit Ignis, even though he was kind of uh kind of on his own, mm-hmm. like his own whole thing. Um, but like in the middle of the story, he was crazy harsh, like insane, especially after what Noctis went through. And I'm not so sure he needed that big of a push. Yeah. But he he needed something. Yeah. I think now we're going to kind of start to get into, like, the story aspect. So just kind of a big blanket spoiler alert. But I do kind of agree. Like, after the point where Luna Freya dies and Ignis goes blind, there's, like, a decent chunk of time where, like, Gladio is just, like, he's not only harsh on knocked but like on himself and everyone else and he's like rude Mm -hmm. and I throughout that whole time I couldn't help but think like this feels like Gladio is like neglecting the fact that knocked just lost the woman he was supposed to marry and like completely neglecting the fact that like Noctis needs time to grieve which I thought was a little frustrating Mm -hmm. but I think I again think that's a good reflection of like how in real life like people adapt to situations differently like where like Noct is gonna be like he's gonna like grieve right like he's gonna really struggle through this and then Gladio might take it a different way and it might lead Mm -hmm. him to take his anger out on the people around him and Ignis through his time was like quiet and reserved and just kind of listened to everybody and dealt with his own shit to himself and then prompto felt like the person who was just kind of stuck in between all of it because they don't know they don't know how to react either right i thought it was a really good reflection of like like when a big important life event happens like somebody dies for example like not everybody is going to treat it differently and it creates turmoil amongst a lot of people um leading back in though what did you think about luna freya's death because personally i think that that was another like way of redoing final fantasy 7 in a way with Aerith's death. Mm-hmm. But i just want to hear your little piece on this so now this is kind of where we get into the aspects of the parts of this game that i hated i mm-hmm. didn't give a fuck about luna freya the problem that i had with this game is that at least as far as the story goes it feels like it makes no sense like the whole first half of the game you're told that you have to save luna freya okay uh i don't know why i should care all all i know is that noct is supposed to get married to luna freya at some point but for a a large chunk Mm -hmm. of the first part of the game you don't see her at all right so and then and then you pass little love notes through the dog yeah and all you do is pass little love notes and then insomnia falls and you see luna freya in a cutscene for like 15 seconds and then throughout the game up until when luna freya dies you see flashbacks to to her and knocked as kids like interacting and hanging out and then she fucking dies and the game expects you to care like i don't give a fuck i don't know who this girl is at all and it's like i sympathize with the fact that noct is upset and it it, like it there's an emotional moment there for some players i'm sure but the game doesn't give you enough time to want to give a fuck because you never see these two people interact outside of when they were like 15 dude 
I was in tears. I was crying, dude. <laughs> I didn't. Give I super empathize with Noctis. I was. Yeah, you you didn't care, and then I was I was sitting here bawling my eyes out. I was like, oh, little friend, I. I was super cool. annoyed. I I was really annoyed by the fact that she just dies, and you don't ever get to spend any time with her as a character. Like, she yeah. just felt like the damsel in distress for the whole game up until when she fucking dies. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, give me yeah. someone to care about. I guess. And then, the, they're, okay, the whole second half of the game, which is what I'm going to say is post-Luna Freya's death, the whole time I was crying. Every single second of the game, I was literally just tears running down my face the whole time. I don't want to, like, take up the, like, latter half of this episode just shitting on it. So I, I kind of want to hear what your thoughts are on, like, the story as far as the latter half of the game goes. And especially, like, the, the end of the game. But more importantly right now, like, from when Luna Freya dies to before the time jump at the end of the game. Like, okay. What, what are your thoughts as far as, like, story-wise? Okay, so... Um, Luna Freya dies, right? Mm -hmm. Sad. Crazy sad. But then Noctis wakes up in a bed, like, directly after, and Ignis is blind. <laughs> and you have no idea why. And uh, I figured out later that when a character leaves your party, you should play the respective um, episode from the DLC. Which would have been nice to know. They don't tell you. That in um, and of that itself is that's that's terrible storytelling to require DLC to yeah. understand crucial parts of how the game goes story wise is fucking bullshit. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um. So I I did my own research on what happened and it made a lot more sense. Um. But essentially, uh, the Imperials have gotten to where Noctis is passed out. And Ignis and Ravis are trying to save him, and Ignis puts on the ring and goes blind for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and and then uh, so yeah, so Noctis wakes up, and uh, Ignis is like, "I'm blind, but that doesn't matter." And Noctis is like, "Ludafrey's dead," and then that's when everything starts happening, like where everyone's all like pissy with each other, and I think that is where I stopped before you pushed me mm -hmm. because it was really annoying to see Gladio just stomp on Noctis and Noctis be a little whiny baby about it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean like the rest of the story going forward, it was just like crazy fast, like whirlwind you're running through. Um, you knock, <laughs> no pun intended. You knock, <laughs> um, prompto <laughs> off the train. Um, because he is under illusion for what they say was a um a time, I think it was like a stitch a, in time. It was a time slip, I believe is what they call it. Like Arden created Which is a time weird. slip. And it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it was so obvious that it's prompto because he's like this is very like elegantly spoken and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's like dude are you really trying to kill me that's messed up man and you're like what yeah the voice actor is trying to play this like the little brother of the group and all you hear is just this like 
very elegant and well-spoken man say, dude, what is your problem? Why are you attacking yeah. me like this, man? And it's like, that's so... Uh, You're actually scaring me, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, it was so whack. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. It was so... <laughs> it, it was so fucking funny the whole time. I was like, this is obviously not Arden, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, going forward, just, like... And then all of a sudden, that uh, the Oracle's handmaiden was Shiva, which is whatever. That I thought was uh, cool. Which is... Yeah, um, and she was hot, so it was all right. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, and then the train stops, explodes. Of course, you're never gonna get to the spot. Um, I, I just think that it was very rushed, like that last little ending, because you're just sprinting, and then Noctis finally puts on the ring that Luna Freya died for, because he he can't get his weapons out, mm-hmm. and then you know Ravis dies because of the time slip. And thinking that uh, Arden was Noctis, and then you have to fight him. It, it it was really weird and really fast, and nothing really made any sense. Yeah, I I have a lot of problems with the latter half of the game, because like you were saying, like it it really is like it's so rushed. It's like it felt like the like the season eight of Game of Thrones. Like so much happens in such a short amount of time that you're not given the opportunity to process any of the like big information the game gives you, right? Like mm-hmm. you're like so basically from the point where you throw Prompto off the train, uh in between that time, obviously his story happens. I didn't play it, so I don't know like apparently he has and then I, I told you about it yeah you told me about it and I, it makes me want to die he's an mt yeah why the fuck do i give a shit what he is <laughs> like i'm right. not i am not even kidding you for the entire game i thought the magitech troopers that they were referring to were the fucking robots that they keep sending after you so when prompto was <laughs> no. like i'm a magitech trooper i'm like he's not a fucking robot he's a person and i was like he's, he's a decepticon yeah i thought he was like a like he was going to fucking <laughs> like trigger the allspark and turn an xbox and a mountain dew fucking vending machine into a decepticon to attack me right like (laughs) i like the whole time he scans his little barcode wrist which is completely like whack and tasteless (laughs) it was so weird (laughs) like all of a sudden he just has this chip in his arm that he can use to open imperial doors why the fuck do i give a shit (laughs) it's like oh my god the latter half of this game makes me so fucking angry because it doesn't bother to explain anything to you well. Like, even up until before Lunafreya dies, right? Like, at some point, the game switches from... it's. I can tell you when the it changes. It's when you go to the Archeon for the first time. Or the I guess the only time you go. And you get his power or whatever. After that point, the plot of the game switches from saving Lunafreya to getting the blessing of all the gods never at any fucking point in the game is that explained as far as i remember i didn't i don't remember that being explicitly said at all and then all of a sudden i'm going to altisha and i have no fucking idea why and only when i'm there do i realize i'm there to get the the blessing of leviathan when the fuck was i told that Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i i don't remember this at all and then all of a sudden the game like the game this whole time is setting up Arden as the big bad guy and even he gets revealed to be related to you and I did not care at all that note did not hit for me 
in the slightest. I didn't give a shit who he was because he was so fucking. <laughs> oh, the whole game, the the beginning of the game, you fucking trust him. You you trust the guy who's just some stranger, and you're like, okay, I guess I'll just run with this dude. And then and then he reveals himself to literally be the chancellor of the empire, who is like the big bad guy in this game. And you're like, oh, why the, f- like, I, we shouldn't be working with this guy. And then you keep working with him. You keep letting him help you. And the whole game, it's like, why the fuck are we trusting this asshole? And Noctis is just like, I guess we just have to keep doing it. And then he kills Luna Freya and everyone is surprised. Like, no, you idiots. He was literally <laughs> working for the Empire the whole time. Why would you trust him? Yeah, I just I, mean, well, I just peaked my audio like crazy, but oh, the latter half of this game makes me so annoyed. Well, I mean, he he was pretty sweet, and then everyone told him he was a bad guy, and then he was a bad guy. I don't just, you remember that? No, when I he don't. Was, when I, he when he healed everyone from the demons, and then someone got jealous and told everyone that he was one, and got pissed off. I don't remember that because I don't. That happened. Ugh. So annoying. That's why he's mad. I literally That's why don't. That's he's trying to kill Noctis. I literally don't remember that. <laughs> I. You also don't remember their dialogues when they're talking about, oh, we need to go to Altitia to help Luna Freya with the Le- Leviathan either. No, I don't. Because it's like, <laughs> it, it, it just, it doesn't like telegraph it well because it doesn't explain to you why you have to do that. Like, sure, you have to go to Altitia because that's where Luna is. But the Leviathan thing is so poorly telegraphed. Like, you get the blessing yeah. from the Archeon and then essentially after that, it's never addressed why that happened or why that is relevant to why you have to go to Altitia. At least not from what I remember. It's like the story notes in this game that are supposed to be like heavy hitting at least in my experience like don't land at all because the game doesn't take the time to let them sink in like it doesn't give you the time to care i like the story man i don't know what you're talking about i fucking hate it (laughs) it makes me so angry especially like going like after the 10 years skip well i mean like that's not even a whole ton of gameplay i mean Noctis starts to look looking sexy as hell. That's like, true. He's got his facial hair. He he looks awesome. Noctis looks mad hot. Yeah, but then like, uh, after he wakes up, he he's all of a sudden in the boat, right? <laughs> like he found like nothing happened to the boat. The the demons didn't give a shit about the boat, so he can get in it, and it's also filled with gas. Yeah, and how did it <laughs> end up there in the first place? Well, because he was on the other side, like by Altitia. No, like the boat. How did the boat end up on an island? I have no idea. Exactly. Anyway, he found the he found the thing, drove all the way to Hammerhead because Umbra had a note saying meet us there. Um, and then you don't have a car, so you're running. And then all of a sudden, Talcott appears. He's like, "Yo, it's me, Talcott." And Noctis is like, "No, you're not Talcott. You're too old." And he's like, "It's been ten years, Noctis." And he's like, "Oh Talcott shit!" Was a, and then Talcott was a little boy. And he's like, look in the mirror, old man. Do you see your facial hair <laughs> that you only produced after ten years of sitting there? That's all you yeah, can make. Right. <laughs> and it's and like his hair didn't even grow that long. Like oddly well kept, despite being ten years older, 
in an instant. Th- th- that was that was my first thought when he stood up. Is like, dang, he's still ripped. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, how does muscles not deteriorate? He looks exactly the same, except he grew <laughs> facial hair. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that they'll meet up, and it turns out they don't even talk to each other that much anymore. Which kind they, of they kind of just sense, do their own though, thing. Right? Like without a king yeah. to protect, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, but um. Yeah, I mean, and then and then you pretty much go into boss rush for the last bit of the game. You I forget Cerberus. How many, how many bosses in a row? It was Cerberus. Then it was Ifrit. Ifrit. Then the three. And then it like, was. The the soldier. Like the old kings. The old king, the rogue, and the the mystic. I don't remember what the first guy was called, but that's already like five in a row. And then you fight Arden, and then the game ends. Yeah, and the Arden fight was super underwhelming. Oh my god, don't even get me fucking started. Of course, he has red uh, Imperial arms because he's evil. Oh, I would, dude, the Arden fight. The Arden fight is like the penultimate disappointment for this game. Fuck yeah. that fight. It was so completely underwhelming and completely yeah. ruined the end of the game for me. Yeah, and then after hitting him couple times he dies and then well quote unquote dies <laughs> and then you have to go back and uh they're all chilling and prompto has a soul patch and stuff and he uh they're talking they're like okay well see you around and then and they blow kisses at each other and they they hug yeah the noctis runs up and he gets I don't know, killed by every single one of the kings, goes into the crystal, and then they have, like, a safe for Sephiroth fight. <laughs> I thought the, the same crystal. thing. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, this is just the, like, boring version of the Sephiroth fight at the very end of the game. I was like, is Noctis yeah. going to use Omni Slash? <laughs> he pretty much... No, he, he casts Knights of the Round. That's what it seems like. <laughs> he does! <laughs> he absolutely just casts Knight of the Round. Oh my god. Yeah. And then they both die. <laughs> and then um then that's just like the end of the game. Yeah, that's it. There are two uh end credit scenes though. One of them made me absolutely just like sob, which was the campfire before they headed headed in. Oh man, dude. As much as I hate the end of this game, those two end credit cutscenes, especially the one where they're in the campfire, Oh, dude, it hits me. It hits me right in the feels. I I, I actually thought that like, was the, really the characters. Moving. Yeah, the the characters in this game are like really good. Mm-hmm. Though the main characters, maybe not some of the other ones, but the characters, the main four are amazing. They have like perfect timing, and like execution. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But um, and then we have the other end credit scene, which is you know. Eh. I thought it's it was actually is... really sweet, but again, it was like the fact that Luna Freya, despite representing everything for Noctis in the beginning of the game, being so underwhelming and uneventful, was a little bit of a mess. Well, because that's supposed to be there, like in the afterlife or in the crystal or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And they're finally yeah. united, but Noctis shaves his beard like an idiot, and now he <laughs> looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> the the one thing i do like about that final cutscene though which 
I like a lot about Final Fantasy in general is like the title screens with the the graphic in the in the like background mm-hmm. of them all. I fucking adore that about this series because it's always vindictive of like or indicative of the the end of the game somehow. Like Sevens is uh, meteor, and uh, this game the the like the splash screen for the title is Luna Freya Mm. in literally that final cutscene, laying on the throne. And then when you beat the game, Noctis shows up in the, in the, the title screen, which I thought was really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I I thought it was nice, but I feel like it was like a forced happy ending, Mm -hmm. but you know, and we, we, we didn't, Oh yeah. We also got the sunrise, which is cool. I did think to that was see cool like the, yeah the effect on how the world went back to normal. Mm-hmm. I was a little but disappointed I mean, that we didn't get to see like a, like a where are they now type, like character right. assessment like where everybody went. I thought that was a little disappointing. Yeah, like Ignis but... Prompto and Gladio, what they're doing now, because mm-hmm. cause they didn't end up dying. So, I mean, we don't know. We don't know where they went because we don't know how they ended up. Guess it's up for interpretation or when Final Fantasy 15 2 comes out. If it comes out. Which it probably out. never will. <laughs> I don't know. 10 2 got a sequel, and We're the in... end of that game is um, what's his face disappearing. You, you know what it probably is? Is uh, they're, they're going to all be like really old men. They're going to have to like revive Noctis somehow. He's going to come back. <laughs> which would be really stupid. That would be whack as shit. Yeah. I would I would but like they play a 15 too weirdly. They they would probably like like they would all be like really old like Sid's age and then they'd revive like the young Noctis to like come do something. Mm-hmm. That that would be dumb. <laughs> that would be really dumb, but I wouldn't put it past them. I mean like that's pretty much all I have to say despite it being a shorter length of episode. Yeah. I guess like my closing statement is fuck the other fuck the latter half of this game it just it makes me like angry this is the first time i've gotten angry on the show and we're only four episodes in but i don't know something about the end of this game was just so not satisfying like i'm glad i played it but i just i'm glad it's done i'm glad we're moving on to the next game i I thought it was nice it was speaking of nice though like, that soundtrack was banging. We didn't get to talk about that yet. That's true, actually. We can throw, throw that in there. The soundtrack was amazing. I mean, Final especially Fantasy... Especially the last little orchestral bit. Final Fantasy is a series. Their soundtracks fucking rip. Like, if, if they're good at yeah. anything, it's producing a, a really high-quality soundtrack. I really like the music in this game. It's really good. Yeah. And didn't they get an award for, like, best orchestral They um, might tracks? Have. They probably I'm did it sure at, like, the did. Game Awards or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we just make this a recurring segment? Like, every episode we discuss, like, whether or not the soundtrack is good? What would we call that? Uh, it would probably be, like, musical moment. <laughs> what? Or we could do, like, <laughs> like, does it slap or is it cap? Some weird shit like that. Slap, slapper cap? Slapper cap. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let, let's do that. What anyway, do you think, this Declan? one slaps. It's, it does slap. <laughs> Crazy slaps. That's true. It does. 
but yeah, that's that's all I have. Yeah, that's about all I've got too. I I I got out my anger. It was nice, short, and sweet. Yeah. At least the episode, this episode, the game was not. Yeah. So, um, if you would like to do the honors of uh, announcing the next game, you know, Declan, I would love to do that. And I have a question for you. What? Have you ever wanted to play a game that makes you feel like Batman? Like, really feel like Batman? We're going to play Arkham Asylum? Well, I, according to IGN and every game publication out there, Arkham Asylum makes you feel like Batman. So Batman oh Arkham Asylum God. is the game we're playing next. Oh. <laughs> what <laughs> okay. the hell is that for? I don't want to play Batman Arkham Asylum. What? This game rips. That's all right. Yeah, I'll play it. We'll we'll, we'll do it. Sweet. I think you'll I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. I mean like superhero games in general aren't exactly my forte, but I mean I like Spider-Man PS4, so I mean maybe I'll like this one. Maybe. I think I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Or maybe not, and you'll just spend the next episode shitting all over this game. Who knows? It's <laughs> sure, always different. Good. It's always different on Call of Save Point, but not for me. That's why you watch. <laughs> exactly. To see which to see which one of the hosts hates the game they're playing. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Well, um we have an email. We do have an email. Um, it's at callusaypointpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you would like to send in any kind of uh, listener questions, we'd be happy to answer them. We have not gotten any yet. Um, so I'm hoping to see something in our inbox. Uh, we also have um, a Twitter at callusaypoint if you'd like to drop a follow there. And... Uh, that yeah. one's usually the one to announce uh, that the episode is going to drop, and he tweets funny things. So please go check out the Twitter. Anson, keep an eye out. Anson, <laughs> please, oh please, send emails to the email because I would love, I would love to to answer some some cues. I would like to answer some gamer certified questions. What makes them certified gamer questions? Because anything having to do with any games is certified. Gotcha. There's not like seal, seal of approval unless unless it's like crazy weird. <laughs> we require that you sign all of your emails with a, an old school Nintendo seal of approval attached <laughs> attached to the folder, so that way we know it's a certified gamer question. Here's here's a question: Would you suck Gentiana's toes? Leave it leave it in the comments. Oh, we can't put that in the show. <laughs> we, can't, <laughs> we can't do that. There are adults who Come listen on. to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Come no. on. Oh, God. All right. Well, All right. oh, man, my parents listen to this show. <laughs> to, I'm leaving it in, dog. I'm gonna get it's a text. I'm going to get a text from my dad, and he's going to be like, he's going to say some fuck shit. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Here's your disclaimer. <laughs> anything anything we say, complete satire. That was for the cringe, baby. Let's move on. <laughs> See you later, Miss uh, Hodgkinson. Goodbye. <laughs>
Bye, everybody.